InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Parents, 20 years from now, will your child be telling his psychiatrist about how you spent more time with your smartphone than with him? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has an interview to help you avoid future hang-ups. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is clinical psychologist Dr. Katherine Steiner-Adair. She's the author of a book called The Big Disconnect, Protecting Childhood and Family Relationships in the Digital Age. Tell us just the basic explanation of what you see as the big disconnect in families today. Well, the big disconnect is really refers to the fact that even though we are capable of being connected to each other in all sorts of wonderful new ways, there are certain essential human ways in which we're not connecting well enough. We think we're a lot more connected and closer than, in fact, we often really are. You know, children talk about it so poignantly. They'll say, my mom is at the soccer game and my dad's there too, but, you know, they're both on their smartphones and it's like, why even bother coming? And then they pretend that they see when I kick the ball, but they really didn't. So we are in each other's presence, but we're not really present with each other. I have seen this on a first-hand basis, camping with my son with the Cub Scouts, and we're out in the woods roughing it, and most of the dads have their noses in their smartphone even out in the woods. You know, you really have to wonder what kind of message that sends to the children. What the children told me that I interviewed all around the country is it makes them feel like their parents aren't interested in them, that they really don't matter. And many kids talk quite poignantly about longing for the good old days when there weren't smartphones and when you went on a camping trip or a ski trip or whatever, your dad was there with you, not texting somebody in the office while riding the ski lift. This is not something that you would describe as unusual or extreme cases in families. This is kind of becoming the norm, isn't it? Well, that's part of why I wrote the book. I think, you know, we were all very eager to adapt to technology when it came along and It's so full of truly quite wonderful potential, but it's time to reboot and refresh and really re-examine, are we using these tools in the ways that we really want to be using them? Are they making us closer, or are they actually distancing us in some ways? How do you see this as being different than families who were glued to a TV in the 1970s, for example, in terms of the effect on kids? Well, there are several differences between television and a family being glued to TV and everybody being glued to their own screen. First of all, when you were a family and you were glued to a TV show, everybody was watching the same show, and then there would be commercials. And in many families, commercials were a time where you would make comments or talk about what had gone on, and you were all sharing the same database. That's very different from everybody being in a living room, isolated in their own screen, in their own world with no conversation about what's going on. And the other thing that's entirely different is you didn't used to be able to, certainly in the 60s or 70s or 80s, put a TV in your back pocket or your pocketbook and take it with you everywhere you went. There was distinct television time and then there was dinner time. And hopefully in most families that was still separate. So the ability to watch something together is a more shared social experience. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Katherine Steiner-Adair, the author of The Big Disconnect, Protecting Childhood and Family Relationships in the Digital Age. I'd like to just touch on a couple of chapter titles in your book just to let you kind of flesh out those topics a little bit. One of them says, Teens Talk About How to Be a Go-To Parent in the Digital Age. What do teens expect from their parents today? 
Well, I interviewed 1,000 kids for this book, and 600 of them were between the ages of 11 and 18. And one of the things I was really interested in is what do teenagers see parents doing that make them feel safe turning to their parents if they get in trouble online? Because at some point or other, most kids are getting into some kind of situation or trouble online. And what kids said so often that really surprised me Three adjectives came up over and over and over about why they would not go to their parents if they were in trouble. And those three adjectives were scary, crazy, and clueless. And a scary parent is a parent who gets too judgmental, too angry, too fast, and too rigid. So if you ever did that, you know, you'd ruin your chances for your future. Your father and I would never speak to you again if you ever did that. All, you know, really harsh, scary judgments that make a child obviously not want to run home and say, Mom, I got myself into a really big mess. I need your help. And crazy parents, what made a parent crazy in teens' descriptions was that they ratchet up the drama. I wasn't invited to this party, Mom. Oh, my God, you're kidding. How could that be? That's your best friend from third grade. Yeah, and they sort of amplify the drama rather than stay calm, which is what kids need from their parents when something's going on. And then the clueless parents were parents who just assumed their kids were fine, everything was all right, they're best friends with their children, they actually, in fact, knew nothing about what their kids were doing online. And for the most part, you know, some kids were pretty content with that, although some actually expressed the longing that their parents would care enough to inquire about what they were doing online. There's a big disconnect between what parents think their kids are doing and what their kids actually are. And in a recent study by the McAfee folks who create security systems for online, they found that 70% of kids, teenagers, don't tell their parents what they're doing online. And 90% of parents are very comfortable and think that they know what their kids are doing online. So that's a big disconnect right there calls for a lot of conversation that needs to happen between parents and children. Let's look at some solutions. One of your chapters you titled, Turning Tech into an Ally for Closeness, Creativity, and Community. Tell us about that. Well, tech's here to stay, and we need to find ways to work with it and to use it as something that will actually help us stay closer and create good communities around ourselves, our families, and our children. I think the first thing that parents need to do is as soon as you introduce a child to any kind of technology, Skyping with grandparents is a lovely thing to be doing with little babies and toddlers. You have to talk about who it's okay to talk to, who it's not okay to talk to. And as children get older, you want to create a family set of values and a responsible use contract and just evaluate and keep revisiting it. What's okay? What do we support? What's not okay? And then I think another thing that families really need to do is remember that childhood goes by pretty quickly. And what is so important for kids and parents to do is play together and enjoy time together and create memories together. And it's okay if some of that occurs using technology, but it's really important for families to encourage children to play alone offline as well as for families to do things together that create the kinds of memories you want your children to have and that create the fabric of a family life. And, you know, as wonderful as technology can be for learning things and information and education, we learn how to be human beings and talk and listen and care about one another 
really by having relationships and doing that in real life. And certainly family life is the number one place where we learn how to work through our tough emotions because nobody makes you more crazy than the people you live with. And that takes time and parents really need to create the kind of family where you talk about your feelings and talk about what's going on and why you're really mad at each other and put in the time to help children develop those kinds of social and emotional intelligences and skills that they're going to need later on in life if they're going to be successful. We've talked quite a bit about setting boundaries for kids here, but can you offer some advice on how parents can set boundaries on their own use of these technologies? You know, there seemed to be an age around 10 or 11 where kids really understand the word hypocrite, and it came out all the time when children were describing their parents and their parents' use of technology. Kids hate it when parents say no cell phones at the table and then they take a call and they feel really bad and sad when their mom says or their dad says oh I can't wait to pick you up at school and hear how your day was and then they show up and they don't even turn around to make eye contact with their child the child gets in the car and the kid plugs into their screen because their mom or dad is already fully involved in a completely other conversation with somebody else So it's really important that parents take control over how they transition on and off of technology. It's not that our children need our undivided attention all the time, but there are certain moments and transitions in their days where they really do. And they feel hurt and sad and mad when we don't show up and give them our undivided attention when they need it and when we've promised it. Clinical psychologist Dr. Katherine Steiner-Adair, the author of The Big Disconnect, Protecting Childhood and Family Relationships in the Digital Age. Dr. Steiner-Adair, do you have a website where people can learn more about you and the book? I do indeed. It's my name, katherinesteineradair.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.